0: your work is important. But that doesn't mean people will read your emails, your blog posts, and your newsletters. Sorry, it's the truth. I'm Kay Helm, and on this episode of the Life and Mission podcast, I'll tell you how to make your content more inviting and easier to read so more people can join you in your life-changing mission. I know every one of you is doing important work and people need to know about it. I also know because I've been there how demoralizing it is to send out a newsletter or an email or a blog post or report whatever you're sending out and you get crickets. Not everyone who reads what you wrote is going to respond so don't feel bad about that. That's just how it is. So don't let the crickets get you down. But you would be wise to consider that there are other reasons people don't respond. There are real reasons that people don't respond. One of them being that they didn't read what you wrote in the first place. Yeah, that smarts. So why don't people read all that wonderful content your organization puts out? All right, a few reasons. We're tired. We don't think there's something of value for us in that content it's boring. You hear me talk about telling stories instead of writing reports. Another reason is it's too long or too difficult to read. And today, I want to tackle the too difficult problem. How can you make it easy for readers to consume your content? Now, when I say content, that's anything that you produce. That's emails, that's newsletters, That's appeal letters, blog posts, Facebook, whatever you put out, especially in written form. That's what I mean when I say content. So when I say, how can you make it easy for readers to consume your content? Today, I'm going to talk about that written content, whether it's online or in print. Everything applies here. Now, according to the Literacy Project, about half of Americans read at an 8th grade level or lower. How many of us really think about, you know, what grade level am I writing at when we're writing content? If your writing is above an 8th grade reading level, or some would even say a grade 6 or 7 max, you are not communicating with your audience as well as you could. Added bonus, if you write at a lower grade level and your work needs to be translated, that translation project is likely to go much better if you're writing at a lower grade level. Now, understand me, a lower grade level writing does not mean that you're dumbing down your content. A lot of times we confuse that, you know, simplify or to use plain English, to, to use plain English, it, you know, we, we go, oh, that's we're gonna insult our readers. No, no, no. No, no, no. I had a, one of my mission writers recently said, "Well, I was trying to I was trying to make this article appeal to the corporate donors. You know what? Your corporate donors, they're going to appreciate a good 6th grade article too. So don't worry about making it so easy to read that your higher level readers are not going to like what you write or that they're going to think it's too simple. Now maybe you need to use some certain terms, maybe you need to show that you know some expertise, but if you're really an expert in something, you can explain it in really simple terms. And your very tired, educated readers are going to appreciate when you make it easy for them, 2 Let's look at some examples here. You may have heard of some of these books. Now, there's a um, uh, Shane Shane Snow of Contently website. He did some research and he checked out the grade level that some well-known authors tend to write at. Okay, so my favorite, The Old Man in the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. That is written at a grade four level. And if you are trying to learn how to write and you haven't read this book, I would say go get it and read it. Another book you might have heard of, To Kill a Mockingbird. Grade five. Harry Potter, the first book, was written at a grade five level. And uh, the other books generally between grade seven and eight. Okay. The Great Gatsby. Grade six. Any Hobbit fans? Any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Yes? Okay. J.R.R. Tolkien and Stephen King, both. Their books come in between grades six and seven. All right, J.K. Rowling, who I mentioned, Tom Clancy, John Grisham books, they land between grades seven and eight. And most popular nonfiction books, they hit around grade eight or nine. Leo Tolstoy, grade eight. Okay, I know it takes like 60 hours to read War and Peace, but... (laughs) You can still understand it and make your way through it. It, It's not about how long is it? It's about, are you confusing me? Do I have to stop and reread a paragraph over and over again? Do I have to look up words? Am I confused because you wrote a sentence that went on for half a page? Those kinds of things. Your donors are giving you their time and their attention. So let's not make them spend that time wading through this complex prose. Don't make it hard for them. Don't make it complicated. Your writing can be beautiful and easy to read. So how do you think about reading level? Okay, when you're writing, how do you know? How do you make something easy to read? There are a few things that are really going to affect how easy your content is to read. Number one, length of sentences. This does not mean that you need to make every sentence just five or six words. Okay, don't, you're not trying to just make it a, you know, C-spot run type of primer reading thing. You want to vary the length of your sentences. You will have some long ones and that's okay. So have a variety of sentence, sentence lengths. But often if you look at your, and I'll show you, I'll tell you how to do this in a little bit, but Um, If you get a reading level score when you check your, your writing and it says it's at a grade 10 or 11, one of the fastest ways to lower that grade level is to break up some of your longer sentences into shorter sentences. And it will just make it a lot easier to read. Another big factor is word choice. Some of this has to do with how many syllables are in the words that you use. Are you using big, long, complicated words or are you using short, simple words? So if you choose simple words over these longer, complicated ones, or rare words, or really flowery language, or you use a lot of words to say something. So for example, Instead of saying utilize, you can say use. Instead of saying a sufficient number of, just say enough. Instead of on a monthly basis, say give monthly. You can say now instead of at this point in time. Or to instead of in order to. You see what I'm saying? These are really simple simple things and a lot of times these longer phrases make their way into our writing because it may might be the way we talk it's just habit but it's easy enough to cut those out just go ahead and write when you do your first draft just do it really free flowing and then go back and you look for these phrases where you can say oh can I use a more simple word can I use maybe a one syllable word instead of a three syllable word <laughs> like use instead of utilize So that's one way that you can really make your content easier to read, and and also it will make your writing more clear and more powerful. Grammar is another thing, so I'm going to leave that to to later to really hit on grammar because that's its kind of its own game. But you have in if you're using Microsoft Word or uh, you put your writing through something like Grammarly or Pro Writing Aid and just have it check your grammar, have an editor look at your work, lots of ways to check your grammar and you should check your spelling and your punctuation, all of that before anything goes out to the public. The other thing that gets uh, overlooked, and this comes later in the process often, but you need to think about it when you're first writing, is your content structure. Is it organized in a logical order? Is your content, is it easy to follow? Is your story easy to follow? It does not mean that it has to be in chronological order. We talk about this in storytelling. You don't always have to stay with chronological order, but you do have to have logical order. Another thing that will affect readability, active voice versus passive voice. Active voice is the boy ate the banana. Passive voice would be the banana was eaten by the boy. Use a good grammar checker, a, a tool like uh, Grammarly or Pro Writing Aid. either one of those. They're going to flag all that passive uh, voice. Also, Hemingway app, which I'll talk about in a little bit. There's lots of tools that can help you find these. Don't let this constipate your first draft, okay? Just write. Just get it out of you. Just, just write it down and then go back and fix these things. Next is wordiness. Using too many extra unneeded words that complicate the thing you want to say, such as filler words that don't add meaning or run-on sentences like the one I just had. Using all these extra words, it's just, it's like you're creating a maze for the reader to get through. And that's a lot of work. And frankly, if I just got home and I picked up my mail and I opened your letter because I really like you, and I want to support you, but then you made me work too hard. I'm going to sit that down. I may intend to get to it later, but it was a lot of work, and I'm busy, and I might never come back around to it. But just make it really easy for me to read what you write, okay? Another thing you want to do is simplifying your writing is to watch out for modifiers, like absolutely, actually, completely, really, quite totally, and very, Almost every instance of these words can be deleted. These words don't really add any meaning to what you're saying. If you're using these modifiers, then there's probably a more accurate word that you can use instead. For example, instead of saying it rained really hard, you can say it poured. On a similar note, when you use a thesaurus, don't try to go find the fanciest word. Find the most accurate word that people will know. It's a combination. It's not just the most accurate word. It's the most accurate word to describe what you're trying to describe, to show. Remember, we're trying to show rather than tell. But one that people will know. Pick one that's familiar to people. One that you would use in conversation. Also, adverbs. Not always bad to use them, but if you can, remove them. Sometimes, sometimes they're good, but just sprinkle them. Don't use them a lot. Again, your grammar checkers will flag those. So let's go back to reading level. How do you know what reading level you're writing at? A couple of tools. Word has it built in. If you go to your editor and document stats, it will give you something called the Flesh Kincaid reading level. And you'll get something like, say, 5.6 or 6.8 or 9.3. And that's basically the number of the grade level 9.3, ninth grade reading level, 5.6, fifth grade le- reading level. So, pretty simple. And again, you can adjust your sentences and do all those things that I talked about. You're trying to get that reading level, again, up down to about an eighth grade. But if it's below six or seven, that's even better. Word will do that, or it will give you the reading level. But I like to use an app called the Hemingway app, and it's free to use online. So you would copy and paste your content into the app, but you can also purchase it. It's like $20 or something like that. It's really easy to use. You open it up, you drop your content in, and it highlights hard to read sentences. And so it ranks them, so it'll say, "Oh, five of your twenty sentences are hard to read, and three of your twenty sentences are very hard to read and it, and you'll look at them and like the hard to read sentences will be highlighted in yellow, and the very hard to read sentences will be highlighted in red, and your adverbs will be highlighted in another color, and your passive voice is highlighted in another color, and so it just flags those the kind of the big problems, and it it's not checking your spelling or doing anything else. But if you really want to simplify your writing and hit that lower reading level, and it gives you a grade off on the right margin, it will tell you what grade level you have written at. And as you make changes to the text, you can watch that grade level drop down. So if you open Hemingway up and you drop your content in, and you see A red highlighted sentence, you can go straight to that sentence. You know, if I fix that sentence, that's going to help my article and it's going to make it easier to read. And you might break that sentence into two smaller parts or simplify some of the language in that sentence and it'll turn from red to yellow and then maybe go to no highlight. And you'll watch your reading level drop down as your content becomes easier to read. So it's a really cool tool and it speeds up your work. Okay, I'm not an affiliate. I don't get anything for recommending it, just so you know. Uh, but I just love that app because the highlighting action really lets you go straight to the problem areas. It shows you where they're at, and it shows you in real time how your changes are affecting the readability of that article. Now, that would not be your final edit. So after Hemingway, what I would do is read what you've written out loud. You can also get Word to read to you. There's an accessibility feature in Word that does that. And I'll post um, on my website, khelm.com, I will post some little helper videos there that show you how to use some of these tools, just really quick videos. Word will read to you, or you can read to yourself or have somebody else read to you. But reading aloud, you notice things that you wouldn't notice when you're just reading to yourself when you're reading silently, because you know what you meant to say. But when it's it's kind of coming at you audibly, then you'll notice awkward wording. You'll notice things that just don't quite flow. And then you just kind of stop it right there, go back and fix that thing. Then go, you know, roll it back a little bit and have it read, read again. And it's just a great way to make those um, mistakes pop out. The other thing is... Um, as you simplify your writing, you might make your sentences too choppy. So if you've made your sentences too too short and too shop, too choppy, uh, th- that'll show up in the readback. So as you're reading aloud, that, they'll come across as as monotonous, or it'll kind of turn into this droning kind of cadence, so you want some variety in your sentences, and so that will reading it aloud will will help those things kind of pop out and you'll be able to find them and fix them. All right, once you have all that done, you go through it once more for spelling, punctuation, and now you are on your way to communicating clearly with your audience and you're writing things that they're much more likely to read and enjoy, and they're going to get it, and that helps you create some momentum as you're doing that, and that is going to help you raise the funds that you need, which is what I'm trying to help you do. So I do hope that you find these tips helpful. If so, please share this episode with someone and tell me about it. Did it help? Let me know. And if you have a tip that I didn't mention, share it with us. Send it to connect at lifeandmission.com. Until next time, I'm Kay Helm and this is the Life and Mission Podcast. Find your voice, tell your story, change the world. Hey, it's Kay here. There's one big truth about fundraising that people do not tell you when you start out, and that is, if you struggle to tell stories, you will struggle to raise funds. But what kinds of stories do you tell? How do you tell them? Where do you find them? How do you put them together? And how do you do all that while you're running your ministry, while you're doing all the work and all the things that you have to do? It does not have to be overwhelming. This is my good news. And also, I want you to hear this. Fundraising is not just about asking for money. Raising funds for your mission does not have to feel icky. Fundraising is really about relationships. It's about sharing stories with friends. And it's about being very clear about what it takes to accomplish great things together. I created the Mission Writers course to help you tell better stories, to know what stories to tell, when to tell them, how to tell them, where to find your stories. So go over to missionwriters.org. That's missionwriters, like you're writing. Missionwriters.org has all the details on the course and on the group coaching program. So you have two options and If you love a missionary or a nonprofit leader who needs this course, gift certificates are available. So check it out at missionwriters.org and let's make 2024 your best year ever.